Oh, look at the title of this one. Hey, listen. It's the truth, though. Mm-hmm. Hold on one sec. My AirPods didn't connect. Not a problem. All right. All right. All good. So there's like a gazillion things we could talk about right now. We could talk about Baker Mayfield. We could talk about Deshaun Watson. We can talk about Chris Bryant's new team that he just signed with 10 minutes ago. What would you like to discuss? Um, I want to I hear your thoughts on Baker Mayfield. I have been <clears> – my <throat> phone's been getting blown up in group, cha- group chats and this, that, and the other. Everyone's texting about the whole carousel of quarterbacks. And I saw that Baker Reagan Mayfield <laughs> – uh, put out a statement on social media. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, considering that you might have a new quarterback next year. Uh, there's no might about that. That relationship is beyond fractured, or fractured beyond repair, I should say. Um, and Baker may, and it's not, this isn't a thing that happened within the past 72 hours or whenever Cleveland, like, officially entered the, uh, the race for Deshaun Watson. You get, let me pull up Baker Mayfield's um, heartfelt tribute to the city of Cleveland. Um, <laughs> we have made many memories and shared growing in the process through it all. Up there. No clue. I'm looking for a specific line. I just can't remember what it exactly says. I have no clue what happens next, which is the meaning behind the silence I have had during the duration of this process. So he tweeted back in January oh. that he's taken a social media hiatus. That's probably when he was told, "Hey, we're we're looking to we're looking we're looking to improve at quarterback." So that's that's what ha- this has been a thing for months. Baker Mayfield has known this for months, and honestly, if you just paid attention to what everybody has been saying for months, you would have known that Baker Mayfield will not be back here next year. The Browns are heavily in- interested in upgrading and getting the best possible quarterback, and that includes Deshaun Watson. And now they they might be the favorite to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and it was a – I saw that the Falcons were involved somewhere in there, and there's been all kinds of rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson. He went from public enemy number one to the hottest free agent quarterback who's not even a free agent uh, on the market. And I think that he would drastically improve – well, I don't want to say improve because I still hold on to the fact – that they they went four and twelve, despite the fact that I thought that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL statistically a couple of years ago. Uh, Rodgers was definitely better. Mahomes was definitely better. But if you had to pick a third, Deshaun Watson was right there for the taking. So right. he may have been the third best quarterback, but they still only went four and twelve. So I don't think he makes a bad team good, but I think he could make a good team great. And I think the Browns would fall into that category. So if he's on your right. team, I think you guys would definitely benefit from that. Not if. If um if Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown, the Browns are probably third or fourth best team in the AFC. Wouldn't you say? And uh, also, I'm... it it depends on who's involved in this trade because Houston is going to get a top player, and the rumor right now is it's Denzel Ward. So that obviously. There, there is no we don't we don't know anything. But the rumor right now is the Browns would be giving up three number one picks. Like who, honestly, who fucking cares? 
Uh, three number two <laughs> picks, honestly, who cares? And rumored to be uh, Denzel Ward, JOK, or Kareem Hunt. It could be a combination of any of those three. Is Baker not going to Houston in that? No, ba- no, Houston doesn't want him. Wow. It's starting to sound like Baker is going to be a cult. Man, that wrote, and then they're just going to have another quarterback the year after that. So the Colts are just a revolving door at the quarterback position, which is a shame because they have a really good roster outside the quarterback position, but they just have zero stability there. But mm-hmm. I guess that's an indictment of them. I um I would definitely, if I were you, this is easier for me to say than you because I know that, one, you are both a Browns fan and an Ohio State fan, but also know that Browns fans fell in love with Denzel Ward very quickly. So this mm-hmm. will be easier for me to say. I think out of, out of all – well, obviously, Kareem Hunt, just because he's the second running back on the roster, he'd be the easiest to see walk out the door. But I think – if if it's between JOK and Denzel Ward, I think Denzel Ward would be the one you should be rooting to head out because you guys yeah. have a surplus of cornerbacks. Yeah. I, you guys have been drafting quarterbacks left and right for the past, like, four or five years. So Greg Newsom's there. I know Greedy Williams isn't what we thought he'd be, but hard. I, I think that the Browns are just so overloaded at the cornerback position that they could afford to lose one. And mm-hmm. I think that, especially with, I know that 51 got traded and a lot oh, of Browns God. fans, probably you, are happy Christ to see him almighty. As long as Andrew Sandejo does not return to the Browns, oh. I do believe that, that, the, uh, that the Browns secondary will be fine. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, yeah, if Denzel Ward leaves, that's obviously huge because he is an all-pro caliber player. Um, but Greg Newsom looked ex- extremely good his rookie year. He's still on his rookie deal. Uh, Denzel Ward is entering the last year of his deal because he was drafted with Mayfield. Uh, so they can unload him instead of paying him the amount of money because he's going to get paid because he is. It's hard to find a lockdown corner in this league as good as somebody like Denzel Ward. He's going to get paid. And the Browns, I, they've opened up a shit ton of cap, but that's obviously because they're going to be bringing in a new quarterback and it might be Jimmy Garoppolo. It might be Deshaun Watson. It, who who knows? Um, so it, it's it would suck to see Denzel go because he's so good. He's a Cleveland guy. He's obviously a Buckeye. That would suck to see him go. But if that means we get Deshaun Watson, then yeah, ten times out of ten, Denzel Ward can leave. I do enjoy the flip flopping on Baker Mayfield that the Cleveland Browns fans have been doing lately. I, uh, last year it was, no, man, he's legit. He's our guy. And then after this year, it's like, oh, we, we, we can't even dream of him being our quarterback next year. It's not, it's not his game. His game has always been his game. I, I said it last year, uh, cause you asked me, would you extend Baker? And I said, not this year. Um, because his game is what it is. He is, his ceiling is Kirk Cousins, which is fine. Kirk Cousins is a very fine quarterback. I'd argue very rich very, quarterback. Yeah, I'd argue he's very good. But um, is, is Kirk Cousins going to win the Browns the Super Bowl? No. I, not, no. I wouldn't think so. So why not upgrade? Because, one, he's just he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Two, he's going to demand so much money. And three, he is a locker room cancer. 
Like the reason he is not, <laughs> the reason he is going to get traded is not because of his game. Well, it's a little bit because of his game because he's not very good, but it's also because nobody fucking likes the guy. Nobody likes him. Do you notice how not a single soul on this Cleveland Browns team responded to Baker Mayfield's message last night? When Odell Beckham Jr. was released and when he signed with the Rams, every team leader on the Browns congratulated him. When Odell Beckham Jr. was in the Super Bowl and caught a touchdown, everyone was hyped. All the Browns players were hyped. I think Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett were at the game. Uh, when he went down, everybody was sad for him. He, Greg Newsom was another one. Uh, Dearness Johnson's another one that were just rallying around Odell during this whole thing. And not a soul mentioned anything about Baker Mayfield during anything this year. So that just kind of tells you. it's The writing has been on the wall. We just have – Browns fans have just refused to read it. That's fair. Um and I do think that there is something to be said about Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland as he was the one stable – and I, I hesitate to use the word stable, but he played almost every game during his time in Cleveland. And that's something that you guys have been struggling to have from there. But I do think it's good for Browns fans to have elevated their standards significantly now that they've experienced a little bit of success. And now they realize, hey – uh, because I remember hearing a radio personality in Columbus saying, "When uh, when they drafted Baker Mayfield, dude, I just want to see a I just want to see a quarterback who can start 16 games. That's all I want. Right. And now, now you got that. Now it's time to take the next step. And as much as exactly. I'm not a fan of it as a division rival, I still think it's best in the best interest for the Browns to strike while the iron's hot because the NFL really does stand for not for long." So uh, it's it's now or never because right. the worst thing imaginable is if the is if the Browns kind of just fiddle around in the well you know we're we're always one or two big draft picks away opposed and then all of a sudden things don't work out free agency decimates your roster and now you're left with a, a I don't know a five and twelve record so to speak mm-hmm. but. And then you go into that position, you're like, dang, we really should have, you know, just went all that, especially with the Rams, with, with them winning the Super Bowl. I feel like they're a really good example. And probably, I, I don't want to be super overreactionary here because I don't like to do that. But I think they're really going to change the way teams operate because they went all in and they've won. And if they're right. bad two years from now and they're like, who cares? If they're a two, a two win team. I think everybody is going to look at them and say, you know what? They won the Super Bowl, so so it, it worked. And nah. they don't have any fans anyway, so no one's going to hold their nah. feet to the fire if they suck. Nah, that, it, that, 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 that matters. But yeah. I, I, re- I really do think the Rams are going to change the way that teams think about how and, – and all and all kinds of sports. It doesn't only apply to the NFL. I think that teams are going to look at them and realize – when we're good, we have to make we have to do whatever it takes for us to be as good as we can be to maximize our time because they they won and now they're forever justified for their moves. Right. Listen, if the Browns win a Super Bowl, they could rehire Hugh Jackson and nobody would give a fuck. Nobody would care. Because <laughs> we just won the Super Bowl. We if if the Browns win the Super Bowl, I don't need to see another sports team win ever again. I don't need to see it. I've seen it all. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to see. I've seen my Cavs win the championship. 
I've seen my guardian. I've never seen my guardians play a single game. Um, <laughs> I've seen my Buckeyes win and lose national championship, lose national championships. Um, who else do I like? I've seen my Blackhawks win two Stanley Cups. I don't count the first one because I wasn't a fan. I've only seen them win twice. Credit to me for being a fair bandwagon fan. Yes. Uh, I, I've seen it all. I, I, the only thing I haven't seen is the Browns. Like, I, like yeah, they just won the play. Yeah, they won in the playoffs, but you know, it kind of got soiled when Chad Henney beat beat them the next round. So, you know. Hey, I still think that the Browns fans beat themselves up too badly because it's not like Chad Henney yeah. beat you. Chad, Chad Henney came into the game with a giant handicap. That is I even I as a Steelers fan thinks that think that uh, that's an exaggerated narrative. Is that oh Chad Henney? Chad Henney had one scramble that the defense just forgot to account for him, and he just ran with a bunch Pretty of open scramble. space. He uh, it was, uh, and then what? Then what happened? That made it fourth and one, and they went for it and got it. Yeah. Was that the? Was that the? Um, where everybody looked like they weren't going to snap the ball, and then they actually snapped the ball. Yeah, because they threw it. Pass. Yeah, they threw an out to Tyreek Hill. And when the play was over, Tony Romo about creamed his jeans about how, like, gutsy <laughs> that play call was. Over my well, dead corpse while I was laying in my, in my college apartment, like, dead. Uh-huh. Hey, that was a fantastic play call, and nobody will ever be able to take that away from Andy Reid. I um, disagree. I think it was risky. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. Uh, what other quarterback news do we have? We got Deshaun Watson, we got Baker Mayfield. Um, the, I don't I don't care about Carson Wentz going to the Commanders. No, I'm, I almost call him the Commodores. Um, Tommy's. I'll I'll say this. Uh-oh. I'll just say, my standards oh, oh, we have quarterback news. Hold your over horses. the past three years. Over the past three years, my my standards have been decimated from where they once were. So. I do not think that Mitch Trubisky, as I say this wearing a Steelers hoodie, I do not think Mitch Trubisky is going to walk in there and make a bunch of great plays and win us a bunch of games. However, I do think that he's not going to go out there and turn the ball over and, oh, my gosh, look how much we suck. I think he's just going to be okay, and it's we, we may be able to just off of our defensive loan, uh, defense alone just because That's we're the Steelers and we always find a way to win. I, I'm – I, I, for whatever reason, I've been feeling very arrogant about my organization, uh, despite the fact that Mitch Trubisky's our quarterback. I, I somehow think that we're going to be a really competitive team. Uh, so I, I, all I need is Mitch Trubisky to not go out there and throw a bunch of interceptions. But Question. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to be throwing the ball down the field a bunch. The yeah. biggest benefit of this signing is probably the fact that he's really, really mobile, which is yeah. excellent. Because our offensive line is not that good, so. Isn't I'm, Matt Canada like doesn't he traditionally thrive in a mobile quarterback offense too? I hope so. I, I thought can... so. Let me look up his resume. Yeah. By the way, did you watch um, the video I sent you of the greatest Ohio high school playoff performance of all time? No, I was too bitter in the moment about Aww. about the. Uh... All right, so he's got. Wisconsin, that may have – no, that was after Russell Wilson. Okay, he may have coached – oh, was it – and this reminds me that we have a trivia segment that we got to get to. 
Um, That's right. Which I which I remembered to prepare for about 15 minutes before this mm. podcast. Right. Um, all right. Who was 2011? It was either Jordan Lynch. It was probably Jordan Lynch. So that that's a Matt Canada quarterback Northern Illinois. in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, NC uh, State, Jacoby Brissett. Yes. LSU 2017. Um, who was the quarterback? Before... No, 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 no. Mettenberger was probably 2014. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or th- 13. Oh, been the quarterback. Say. LSU does, great... does not have great quarterbacks. This is a great trivia question that I should have. Twenty-seven. I should have known. But I, I can't, I can't ask a trivia question if I don't know the answer to it. So, well, I mean, you could, but you just look like. Well, an I could, but I, I couldn't tell you if you're right or wrong unless you, you're confident about which one you're out, which one you are. I feel like um, I should know that. I feel like this should be so much easier than it is because LSU, I think, was pretty decent that year. Is it they always are. Right no, I think. Oh, um, no, I don't got it. All right. We're going to, I got nothing. So we're going to go to 2017 LSU and we're going to cheat. Well, but, we're not, I don't know. Uh, probably. Yeah, you might um, have, honestly. All right. Um, oh my gosh. Danny Etling. Danny Etling. Good Lord. Is that the dude who started at Purdue? Um, I'm checking that right now. But I mean, I Christ, he, he may have been Ohio State. No, that would be yeah. Yeah, 13 and 14 at, at Purdue. No, we beat Ohio. No, we but, beat Purdue both those times. The 13 game was the game where we had to go into overtime with them in Columbus. But, you know, shout out Kenny Guyton. Yeah, um... And then 2018 Maryland for Matt Canada. So I don't know. Um, that was because they almost beat Ohio State. Um, yeah, but that's because McFarland ran for almost 200. Right. No, he ran for over 200 yards, actually. It was also because Ohio State's defense was terrible. Yes. Uh, Kerry Combs, um, good riddance. Oh, yeah, um, listen, see you, dude. <laughs> but I. Point being with uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's not going to go out there and lose us games. Right. Uh, he's not going to go out there and win us games either. What I think is going to happen is that we are quite po- – despite the fact that our defense is really good, if our defense underperforms even slightly, we could be a bad football team, which means I think we'd be set up to have a quarterback competition the next year between Mitch Trubisky – and the, a first-round quarterback Kirk of our Cousins. choosing, because I, I think we might be drafting the top ten. Well, if we do go free agency, Kirk Cousins would be an option because he just signed a one-year deal. Um, Garoppolo. Good trade for Carson uh, Wentz. Let's keep it going. Just pass him around the league. Just, yeah, just pass him around. ping-ponging back and forth between the yeah. NFC and the AFC. I, I, I wouldn't despise that. I would actually – I prefer Carson Wentz over Mitch Trubisky, but it's it, it'll be – I, I, it, it'll be all right. It won't be the worst thing in the world. No, it, and, no it's it, if it fun. is the worst thing in the world, then you know what? Next year's uh, quarterback class is supposed to be awesome. Look, so your I'll defense live. got better today. Yeah, everything's looking up in Pittsburgh. Miles Jack, baby. Miles Jack. That's a ridiculous contract. Two years, seventeen million. Also, the Bills just made some splashes. We didn't talk about. 
Von Miller uh, and OJ Howard. Educate me. They got Von Miller, six years. Like the Bills got Von Miller? Yeah, and then they sign OJ Howard. Also, Gronk is going back to Tampa. It wasn't announced, but somebody was videotaping him in a Tampa Bay barbershop saying, Yeah, I'm coming back. Wow. I um, I know him to the Bills was interesting. I can't believe that because he was already telling people, oh, you know, what number should I wear when I return to Denver? Yeah, so wear 58 or 40. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was all but in Denver. Like, I think he played us. Yeah, and that was also multiple weeks prior to uh, – to free agency, so that yeah. was a little bit, a little bit confusing as to how those rumors were already starting. But uh, look, the Bills are a really good team, and they're—I don't blame them at all for going after. They're going big game hunting on the defensive side of the ball, given what happened to them in that Kansas City oh. playoff game. They'll—they'll they'll take all the defense they can get. Uh, but again, I'm—I'm I'm I'm at the player haters ball with Dave Chappelle right now. Josh Allen's season got saved by two playoff games that turned an okay season into look how elite Josh Allen is. So now with Von Miller and OJ Howard on the way, OJ Howard, by the you... way, should be really good. He was awesome at Alabama, had 200 yards in that national championship game. I think was the offensive MVP of the game, in fact, but never really panned out, especially as a first round pick with the Buccaneers and first it took him a little bit of time just to rise above Cameron Brait as the number one right. tight end and then Gronk came to town so hopefully OJ Howard will be good enough to supplant Dawson Knox as the uh, as the hmm. go-to tight end in Buffalo but that team is really 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 good yeah the Bills I think are the favorite because I don't remember who the Chiefs signed in the secondary, but they're losing Tyron Matthew um, just because they signed somebody else, a cheaper guy, and Tyron Matthew's going to get a a boatload of money. I would assume from the Saints, but man, he's not—he's not young either. He's like twenty-nine. He's like a decade into the NFL, though. I swear, he's like twenty-nine. He is—he is twenty-nine years old. Right, he's turning going 30, 30 in May. He's turning 30 in May, but I know I, I, I looked up that the other day. I'm like, no way he's not 30. I can't because believe that. If, him playing if in that was a trivia question, I would have got that wrong. Right. Him playing in LSU seemed like 20 years ago. It was 2011 when he was top five. In right. The voting. When he was, yeah. Then he missed right. 2012, got drafted in 2013. Right. Want to get to this trivia? Yes, I do. My, I think I, I have some tough questions. I believe you're not going to get a single one of these. Um, well, then I'm I'm glad that I cranked up the heat because yeah. I uh, actually one of them is so difficult in my opinion. Uh, well, my memory might be so difficult, but I have to look it up as we speak just to make sure that I, the answer is correct. And I just got it. <laughs> My one of my one of mine's not difficult. I uh, go ahead. You go first. Lead us up. I have I have four questions, and to keep up with the holiday spirit, they're all college basketball. All right, here we go. Okay, I'll start with. I got to figure out which one I think is the easiest one. I'll go with this one since it only requires one answer. 
The first ever yeah. 10 seed to make the final four did it in 2016. Name that team. Exactly a 10 seed. So not 10 or above. Exactly, exactly a 10 seed. A 10 the first seed. ever to do it. 2016. I am. All right. So it's not the VCU team that we talked about because we already discussed that. I I don't think you would ask me this, though, because I just mentioned this. So I think you would have avoided this team. That Malachi Richardson Syracuse team was either a 10 or an 11 seed, and I can't remember which one. So now we're talking about a 10 seed making the final four. There was a – oh, no, that South Carolina team was a 7 seed. Uh, just a straight dead-on 10 seed. What the heck? I'll say Syracuse, even though I think they were a few years before that. I, the timeline doesn't add up, but 2016 Syracuse. It is Syracuse. I don't remember you saying anything about Syracuse. Um, let me just say before you ask your question, you actually gave an answer to my next question while you were trying to talk yourself into this question. Um, so South, I'll just ask South Carolina? You, yeah, I'll just ask that question right now. Um, there have been two seven seeds to make the Final Four since 2015. South Carolina in 2015, and this team in 2017. Oh, no. Seven seed. I honestly thought you weren't going to get South Carolina. I didn't think you were going to remember that one. Oh, I think I I got this because I – well, I don't know if they made the final four, but I remember being very excited. I picked this team to beat two-seed Virginia in the second round. I think it's I think it's a Travis Trice led Michigan State team. It is because I also I predicted them to go to the Final Four that year. Yes, I I, I may have two actually. I, I don't know. I definitely had them over Virginia in the second round. Look, let, let's oh okay. This is a big rebound from my horrible performance last week. So I I feel all right much better. All right. So let's leave this up. Let's leave, whoa, what? Let's leave this one off uh, with the sport that will be returning. Uh, let's go a little bit of baseball here. What team did Derek Jeter get his 3,000th hit against? Oh, he had a home run. I know that. Didn't A-Rod do that too? Um, I think so. Yeah, because he had some like – Oh, he had the, the cheapest, like, just barely cleared the opposite field, right center field wall or something. Like, looked <laughs> like a pop fly. It's a BS. Hmm. I just don't, I, hmm. It's a great trivia question, but. Thank you. I'm going to play the odds and just say it's in the AL East. <laughs> I'm going to go with Toronto. Tampa. It was Tampa. up David Price. David Price. What a bum. Is he still with the Dodgers? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think. He was an opt-out in 2020, but I, right. I don't even know. Was he, wasn't he, like, hurt most of last year, so he barely even played? He played. He played a little bit. He was on my fantasy team. He came out of the pen, but um, he's on my fantasy team last year. 
By the I'm way, right. Freddie, I'll, Freeman's, I'll... Freddie Freeman's all but a Dodger at this point, and it, that's going to feel so weird. That's actually disgusting, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Okay, but, I'm trying to think which of these two questions I should give you. Here, I'll uh, – well, you ask me two, so I'll ask Okay, go ahead. One. Um, I, oh, boy. Uh, which team when, – when, all right, let me rephrase this question. When Adam Wainwright was a minor league pitcher, he was dealt to the Cardinals in 2003. Which team traded him away? Ooh, I know this one. You do? I I cuz I did a article cuz when the Cardinals won all those games in a row to end the year last year, I, I was looking up something about Adam Wainwright. And I remember seeing it like, "Oh, he got traded." But I can't remember which team now. It was a highway robbery of a trade. I'm assuming so. <laughs> yeah. Um if it's not a well-known trade, then I'm assuming. Um, I'm not going to be able to find this answer, but uh, Arizona. Atlanta. Atlanta. Ugh. Atlanta. I if hear, you just yeah. went a little bit down the alphabet, you would yeah. have it. Well, I'm a hefty 0 for 2. Um, <laughs> let's see. Which one should I right. go from? March okay. Madness. March Madness. Okay, yes. Um. This one actually has nothing to do with March Madness. This is the only one that has nothing to do with March Madness. It is still college basketball, though. Start um, from 2006 to 2010. This Ohio State guard is the school career leader in games played, 157. Let me rephrase that. This Ohio State player is the school's uh, – I just lost my train of thought. This Ohio State guard is the school's career leader in games played. He played from 2006 to 2010. All right. This is the year after the Fad Five. Um, the I Fad Five. Up oh, okay. Yeah, I remember what you're saying. The, the Odin and Conley right, right, right. so-and-so. Um, I... This is gonna drive me insane because I had I have an answer, and he I but the problem is I don't know if he's a guard. I know that he's. I'm going to. All right, here's my answer, because I was looking up Thad Mata for a previous trivia question Gross. regarding uh, which team he coached before Ohio State. You correctly guessed Xavier, so That's you right. did get that question correct. But I did look up the Thad Five recruiting class. And then I looked up the next year's class, and the only name I can remember from that next year's class is John Diebler. So that's my only answer. John Diebler is incorrect, um, but that is a great name. Uh, I used to he used to be on the early like two K twelve. Used to have like the European teams on there. And yes, John, yes. And, he, and John Diebler right. was on one of those teams. I would it's, always. The only two I could other guess is David Lighty or William Buford. It is David Lighty. No oh, man. But uh, I used to, I used to always put John Diebler on the Cavs and just put his three point rating at ninety nine, and I would <laughs> I would just I would just have him shoot threes all game. It was awesome because he's good. Oh. Three more. 
anyway. I did enjoy being able to use those foreign teams. I, I, I too. Yes. Uh, was doing that. Um, all right, let's see. We got some hard ones. Okay, this one, sticking with the college theme, this one I think is my easy one, but it, it, I think the era of the sport may make it more difficult. Okay. Which two colleges did Troy Aikman go to? Uh, UCLA and Oklahoma. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's your yeah. one. Shout out to the shout out to the that's a great Monday night booth now, Buck and Aikman. That is a great yeah. Monday night booth. The Monday night Buck's booth not- has been horrible since Al Michaels left. It's been terrible. I think it's actually, and this is an interesting point that I just thought of. I think this is actually detrimental for us fans because now, oh. with that with that booth coinciding with the Manning cast, I oh, actually that's right. think that. That we're kind of put in a bad spot. I don't feel like we maximize our ability as far as fans to enjoy the the just the general weekend of football broadcast because two of the best options are happening at the exact same time. Because what CBS and Fox do is that Nance and Romo will take either the one or the four, and then Buck and Aikman take the other one, and then of course mm-hmm. Alan Chris. Well, not Alan Chris now because it it's I guess Tarico and Collinsworth, but. Now I feel like we have two of our best options now co- now covering the exact same game. So I I don't know. Right. But uh but I agree. And um by the way, RIP Joe Buck on the World Series. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's gonna take over the World Series? Who's gonna I, take I over think, Fox football? I think Joe well, I don't know about football, but I think for baseball it's gonna be Joe Davis. Right. Uh okay. I wouldn't hate that. He, yeah, I I think he's pretty good. He does um he does Dodgers play by right. play, uh, and then he fills in for Buck because I know he did some they World Series games because Buck was also doing Sunday Night Football during the World Series, so they had a little bit of a conflict. So Davis did World, which I I do as a baseball fan, I don't appreciate that just a. A four o'clock Cowboys game somehow trumps the World Series for <laughs> Joe Buck's precedence. Um, right. Not a fan of that. But all right, uh, yeah, you got it. Troy Aikman, UCLA, and then uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma, and then transferred right. to UCLA. Yeah. I'm gonna say so. I wonder, wonder if they can get Vez- in college football. Now that Vescursion's no longer at ESPN, I wonder if Fox can get him. I know he does the Angels uh, broadcast now, but. I wonder if Fox can get them. Who's going to do the Fox football? Who's going to be the America's Game of the Week? It's got to be Gus Johnson. Uh, I hope not. Oh, oh go. No. go. Who do you think <laughs> you are? You don't get exhausted by him saying the same not things all once. over and over again? Not once. Uh, he needs to – they need – we need to figure out a, world, a, a way to get these, like, broadcasting companies – to get the fuck over themselves being competitors and just like Gus Johnson do March Madness. Does Disney not own Fox as well? Disney owns Fox, I believe. So technically ESPN, Fox, they're all working together. But ESPN doesn't do March Madness. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, I just just mean as far as like Joe Buck in the World Series. Oh. Well, hey, Bill Raftery, he does Fox and he does CBS. And, and Jim Jackson, he does both too. Did he really? OJ yeah, Simpson they, uh, was in the Monday Night Booth one time? That's crazy. Uh, I bet it was before 1994. <laughs> I would assume so. 
That would be awesome if it was like 1999. Like ESPN's like, wait a minute. You want to drive exactly. up the ratings? Let's put OJ in the booth. Anyway. <laughs> People will watch. This, this so this trivia question, I think, is a really good one because I it, it came to my head when I was doing my research for uh, gambling and March Madness starting tomorrow. So, th- it, bear with me here because I didn't I didn't know how to because I wrote down all my questions except for this one. I just wrote down the name of the team I have to remember. But I don't know why I did that, but that's just what I did because I was lazy. So Norfolk State is a 21-and-a-half-point underdog against Baylor tomorrow. They were also – Norfolk State was also a 21-and-a-half-point underdog in 2013 when they upset this two-seed in the first round. You must not know what state I'm currently in. Of course, it's the Missouri Tigers. That's right. You are in Missouri. Well, I wouldn't expect you to know Missouri. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't expect lot, you to be like Missouri. a savant on Missouri basketball. I actually hate I've Missouri been stu- basketball. I've been studying them. I got a – well, I mean, I've only – only back to like 2012. They um, I, I, I've remembered their like previous three or four um, – I, I think previous four March Madness appearances, and uh, that was the third most recent, I think. Uh, but yeah, so Mizzou, uh, they uh, yeah they did not do. Kyle O'Quinn was the Norfolk State Norfolk Norfolk State Spartan, who uh, I, he did a number on them. He was at like twenty six and fifteen or something ridiculous that game. Uh, he went to town. By the way. Um, I am. I was on YouTube, uh, just vetting and verifying to make sure that Derek Jeter did in fact hit his three thousandth hit against the Tampa Bay Rays, and it, mm-hmm. it was true. And then I found uh, a recommended video after that. The guy who caught Derek Jeter's home run was brought into the locker room to give a post game press conference about catching the home run. Oh so God. He, so he he's just sitting there in his Yankees hat at the oh. like at the table with the microphone while the while the media is like asking him questions. This guy just showed up to the game, but he had to give a press conference afterwards. What are we talking about? What are we... <laughs> it's a baseball. <laughs> this has two point five million views, and it, the title is "Lucky Fan Gives Ball to Jeter Asks for Nothing." Oh my God! He's I would a... ask Derek Jeter for the fucking world. <laughs> oh wait, they they uh oh they gave him season tickets for the rest of the year. But uh, that's not only, enough. This happened in July. That's only half the year. Not enough. Not enough is right. I need at least a bazillion times more the value than season tickets. Otherwise, I'm burning bit, that baseball. You need to get a bitcoin. I, I will burn that guy, baseball right in front of your face, Derek. It's just some overweight guy in a white polo. It's a it's a white Ralph Lauren collared shirt who the hell wears ralph lauren to a baseball game i don't know but like he has the yankees logo and the toyota sponsorships behind him like he's like he's actually in the media room this is hilarious that's like if i would have caught barry bonds his home run ball his record-breaking home run ball like you would have to give me 20 million dollars before i let that thing go (laughs) absolutely well i hope you let it go before all those scandals came out because 
He's still uh, his hero. lack of Hall of Fame. I know, man. Best ever. All right. Um, here is what I believe is my toughest question. Okay. Okay. Um, Tom Coughlin. And by the way, this spans over both college and pro. Tom yeah. Coughlin had two head coaching stints prior to the New York Giants. Where did he coach? You said it was both the NFL and college? Correct. Uh, Jacksonville for sure, and then I believe Boston College. I can't believe you got that one right. Wow. I, I, for some reason, I like Northeast colleges. Like, I just like watching them for some reason. And I just re- I remember seeing one day that Tom Coughlin was the head coach there one day. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I think he went from Boston College to Jacksonville, like, directly. There was a one-year gap. Um, ah. I, what I just learned, so Notre Dame beat Florida State. It was char- it was like a number one versus number two game in 1993. It was Charlie Ward who won the Heisman Trophy that year, was the quarterback of Florida State. Notre Dame beat them, and Notre Dame was supposed to win the championship in 93 because of that. Then the very next week, they lose to Boston College, and it turns out Tom Coughlin was coaching that team. And what? now I hate Tom Coughlin because I know that winning winning in 1993 isn't in my lifetime, but at least it's in the same decade as my birth. So that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I mean 88 was their last cha- championship, which isn't that far off. It's only a five-year difference, but... Uh, should have had one in 93, and maybe I would have got, gotten a little bit more respect around Ohio. Listen, I was reading I was reading something, so I didn't really listen to what you said. I'm sorry. I was, I was in the middle of reading Don't something. Worry. But um, do you – this is a trivia question off the top of my head. Do you know the two schools that Randy Moss was originally committed to? Yeah, uh, originally Notre Dame, then Florida State. That's right. I, I just saw that 30 the, for 30 the other the 30 day. 30 for 30, yep. Yeah, I just oh, saw really? that one the other day. Yeah. I didn't know he played with Chad Pennington at Marshall. Yeah, it was uh, – That was probably an awesome I, offense. Here's a question that I almost asked you but didn't. And I the reason I couldn't ask you this was because I couldn't do it, but I almost <laughs> got it. I was going to say, name the Brady Six. Spurgeon Wind. Okay, Chad I didn't. I, I got four out of the six, and I didn't get Spurgeon win. I should have gotten him. Well, I obviously I only know him because of the um the Browns, my team, uh, selecting yeah. him. Let's see the Brady six. It was it was T. Martin, Chad Pennington, Spurgeon win, Mark Bolger, Giovanni Carmazzi. I cannot believe you just got his name. I I I can't forget it. No, violently Italian Italian name like that. <laughs> I I don't know the other one. Um, neither do I. So I should probably look this up. Uh, so I have two Pennington, got... Carmazzi, T. Martin, Mark Bolger, and Spurgeon. Win. I, don't know I got one. all of those guys except for Spurgeon. Win. So we're missing one. Um, all right. Let's just go to the quarterbacks here. Where did Carmazzi go to college? Hofstra. I did know that. Ah, all right. It was um. Oh, Chris Redman. I should have gotten him. Who the hell's Chris Redman? Um, he was the quarterback for the Falcons. Uh, immediately. Oh, after oh, oh, Michael oh. Vick went to jail. Oh yeah. Good time. Good time for the Falcons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right. This was the 2000 NFL draft. Who's in your final four? My bracket is boring. I got to blow this thing up. Oh, no. Because, hey, look, man. If I'm gonna I got the, the upset. I got the upset. I am you. going all the way. I'm trying to get it 100% correct. I know I'm not going to do that, but like I, I, I got to at least try. I'm going for the gold here. So I have to blow this up because I have way too many. I have way too many just standard plays. Um, I have in my final four out of the top left. That's just what I call it. Uh, top left, I have Duke. Who I have winning it all, just because. Gross. I, I they they have a lot of good players on that team. They're a very deep team. Confirmed. Um. Man, I have Purdue in my final four. I think Purdue is either gonna win the is either gonna win their region or they're gonna lose in the either the first or second round because that team underperforms so badly, especially lately. They've been losing a lot of games they shouldn't be losing, but. I just dude, Zach Eady is seven foot four, and Jaden Ivey is going to be a top five draft pick. How in the world can <laughs> they manage to lose these games? Seriously, um, they got a pretty weak I, side of the bracket too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm riding the hot hand out of the SEC with Tennessee in the top right. I like that. In the bo- in the bottom right, I have Kansas, who I think plays in a really weak region. If you ask me, I. I, I don't I don't trust Auburn for some reason. No, not at all. I, I I have Iowa State making it to the Elite Eight, man. I just that that's my one team that I have going really far. It's just it's just hard for me to really buy into Wisconsin. For, all right, right. First of all, let's start I, yeah. here. LSU doesn't have a head coach. No, so they're fucked. I'm not picking them. Uh, as we advance, Wisconsin. I do, man, this is a stupid reason because all of the previous years of Wisconsin basketball have nothing to do with this year. They're just not a basketball powerhouse, so it feels weird seeing them in the three seed. So I kind of skip Iowa State over them. Um, I I don't trust Auburn, so I have Iowa State over them, and then I finally have them losing to to a conference rival, Kansas. I have a fun Final Four, and that's because I have three Big Ten teams in the Final Four. I didn't know Loyola Chicago was in the Big Ten. All right, you know what? This is horseshit because <laughs> come come Friday, Sister Jean is not going to be able to hide behind Jesus Christ when EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham come running down the floor and just one two punch her to death. I have Ohio <laughs> State. Actually, I have Ohio State making a run to the Elite Eight, and that is not bias. Let me tell you why. Villanova, I don't like them. Colorado State, I don't like them. I have them losing to Illinois. That's my reason. I have wait where are we have I do think here? I do think honestly I do think Ohio State can be a make a surprise run. I got a hot take. I got Chattanooga over Illinois. I know nothing about Chattanooga, but Kofi Coburn looks like he's just generally athletic but has bad hand eye coordination. I, I just, he's just large. I, and I have I know I have not watched nearly enough of him. By the way, if he were good, good not I, like, think, I think he'd already be in the NBA though. Who? Kofi Coburn. Who? If he were that legit, I would think that he would already be in the NBA. No, he's that. No, he's that dude. He is that dude. I, I know what you're saying because he does give off that vibe of being aloof, but he's not. He he, he play. He's like what seven foot 
300 pounds. Like, he's just a big, solid <laughs> dude. Like, Chattanooga is going to have no answers for that guy. I do think you missed the upset in that region. I think UAB is going to beat Houston. I have UAB over Houston. UAB is a tremendous offense. They got this Jelly Walker kid who made me a lot of money last weekend. Uh, and I'm riding with UAB. That I Let me tell you, I always pick – if there is a 12-5 and five upset, 12 over 5 upset, I always pick it. I always pick – every single time I always pick it. I actually have two this year. I have Indiana beating St. Mary's, and I have UAB beating Houston. Houston, that one's scary because Houston is a team that could make a run at a national championship. But I also like UAB. I think it's just a bad draw. Um, my final Dude. four – do I, oh, I, I totally forgot that you were going to go with your final four. Yeah. Go ahead, because I'll, I'll talk upsets after. Right. Uh, my final four, I have Texas Tech taking on Purdue, and I have Illinois playing Wisconsin. I have Texas Tech and Wisconsin in the championship game, and I have Texas Tech winning. Texas, I am, I am, Texas Tech has been so good to me this year, I'm willing to die on this hill. That they're going to win a championship. Okay, okay. They are so good defensively. They are an effective shooting team. They're probably the best pound for pound defensive team in the country. They can turn. My only fear is them taking on Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. That's my only fear. Um, I'm sorry. I just got distracted for a quick second because I was. No, you're good. I I still had the 2000 NFL draft pulled up, and I had. And I had sorted them by position just to count the quarterbacks ahead of Tom Brady. And then right beneath quarterback and right right beneath QB in alphabetical order was RB. They had five first round running backs in this draft. Oh, that fuck is the brackets. Horrendous. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we all right. Here we go. We got five fifth, fifth overall. And I got to be honest, dude. These are mostly good. Three of these guys were actually really good running backs, although one of them did it for a lot of teams, so he was kind of a journeyman, which hurts his his value as a draft guy. First pick, fifth overall, out of Tennessee, ended up playing for the Browns. I don't know how this guy was not better than he was because he he had a lot of yards. He just didn't do it for a significant amount of time. Jamal Lewis. Very good. He was very good with the Browns. Yeah, but man, if he just hung around longer, his stats could have been like Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, he, he was, retired early, didn't he? I think so. He had a two thousand yard season. Yeah, it was with Baltimore. I mean, he only played for two teams, but yeah, he only All played right, so nine years. Well, nine years—that's it's a pretty long career for a running back. Yeah, and then that last year in Cleveland, he played three years with Cleveland. That He was a 1,000-yard rusher in the first two. And the third year, he basically played half the year, had an even 500 yards. So, in theory, if he played the full season, he would have finished with exactly 1,000 yards. This guy this guy was really, really, really good. All right. What is Ian Rappaport tweeting right now? Oh, boy. Uh, while you say that, I will – while you read that, I will go no, – he's just the, – he's just – Responding, he's him and Pat McAfee just having a conversation. Uh, the second running back taken in this draft, a bit of a journeyman, but actually had really good stats, was Thomas Jones. The problem was Thomas Jones wasn't really good until his fifth year, so the Cardinals basically wasted three years of him, and then the Buccaneers got him, and then his fourth year was he, he was a full time starter, but he was kind of just meh, but. 
Right. It was in year six where he finally got 1,300 yards and then had five straight years of really, really good yardage. So just a very late yeah. bloomer, yeah. Se- seventh overall. I'll tell you what. We named two. Give me the college and the team they drafted by. I want to try and guess. I know Ron Dane went in this draft, so just get that one out of the way. Uh, New York Giants, 11th overall right. out of Wisconsin. I knew that one. So we have two. Uh, we're playing a two. We're playing a two-man guessing game. One of them you won't get because I've never heard of this guy, but he's got a sweet name, so I'll just get this guy out of the way. Trung Candidate. Okay, well, that just kind of ruined everything because I don't know well, who that was. T-R-U-N-G, Trung Candidate. I know the name just because I remember him at Arizona. I don't know how you remember I don't remember him at Arizona, but I remember reading about him playing at Arizona. All right, uh, well, well, this one's easy. Seahawks, Alabama. Sean Alexander, the greatest Madden running back of all time. Yes. Um, Another guy who was a late bloomer and also another guy who retired very early. Uh, Did he really? He had – well, he I don't remember the end of his career. He – he had 1,800 yards and 27 touchdowns in 05 when the Seahawks won yeah, the won NFC. Um, yeah, he did win the we'll MVP. Did, right? and yeah. They, yeah, and that was in year six, and then only played three years after that. He was kind of – I don't know. Yeah, he was a monster. I get, point being, running backs don't last – don't draft him in the no. first round. It wasn't a bad but, receiving back either. No, he was not. Um, Ron Dane was a – what in the world? Ron Dane rushed for 2,100 yards his freshman year and 2,000 yards his senior year. Why was he staying until his senior year? <laughs> I, I don't know if there were rules at that time. Did he ever break 1,000 in the NFL? No. Hmm. What a bust. I'm looking at his stats right now. Okay, he was a serviceable running back. In the NFL. Yeah, but the numbers he put Had a couple up, big touchdown ex- years. Yeah, but that's because he was a... Well, yeah, it's because he was a... What's big? Six and seven? Hercules. He is... I don't... He's only 5'10". And he's pretty heavy. He's short. He's a short king. 5'10", 250. Short king. Yeah, that's right. All right, Um, back to the upsets we were talking about. So, I, too, had Houston losing early. I had them losing to Chattanooga just because I, I also don't trust Houston. So, I, I, I know nothing about the Chattanooga Mocs other than the fact that I think they have two teams in front of them who I think are a little bit fraudulent. Um, Colorado State versus Michigan. I didn't want to pick either of these teams. Michigan is three games above 500. That Colorado State's going to kill them. Colorado State is going to kill them. Colorado State – is an underdog right now, and you need to jump on it right now because that line is going to swing in the morning. I jumped on them this morning at two and a half. I thought it would have swung when, like, a day after the lines were released because Michigan opened as the favorite. I'm like, what? What are we talking about here? Michigan shouldn't be in this tournament. If right. if you swapped Michigan's resume with um, who's the where the other eleven seeds? Uh, Virginia or Virginia Tech won the ACC. If if any other team had Michigan's resume, they wouldn't be in. The reason Michigan is in is because they're Michigan. They are a step below blue blood in terms of college football or basketball. 
They they're the name brand. They've been very good for the past couple of years. I'm not. They are better than what their record indicates. I will say that, but they have no business being in this tournament. Colorado State is a very good team. Colorado State is going to kill them. All right. So what typically happens is that one of the two playing winners, as far as the eleven and twelve seeds go, wins Rutgers. and makes it to the second weekend. So. We got Rutgers and Notre Dame tonight. I don't trust either of those teams. And I don't. I think Rutgers is going to win, though. Who was the other team? Um, they just played yesterday. Indiana and Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, or Texas Indiana. Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, I was definitely talking about Indiana. Um, uh, well, I just named that. Um, but St. Mary's beat Gonzaga, so I'm kind of in on St. Mary's, though. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta pick. I gotta pick one to make it to the second they got weekend. Smoked I- by Colorado State. Um, St. Mary's does yeah, have. They have some good wins on this. They have some good wins on the schedule. What's that? By the way, by the way, I'm considering Miami over Auburn. Considering. Not. I'll tell you what. I have. I have USC over Miami, and I have USC over Auburn. Um, is the Pac-12 going to make a statement in this in this bracket? Like they did last year? Yeah. Hey, I got UCLA. I, I thought about I thought about putting UCLA back in the Final Four. I hate. I do not trust Baylor at all. Well, uh, man, Kentucky's a two seed in that conference. Should I put Kentucky's them? good? I I, I I I think that I think they might lose to Murray State. I don't have them losing, but I think they could. But I really don't feel comfortable with this Purdue pick, man. But all, all the teams I, I like are all the same seed. I can't have a bunch of 11 seeds making it all to the Elite Eight. I have three, I, three seeds and one four. I have – because I, I really wanted to ride with Virginia Tech because they, they, were, they have a hot hand. However, I also want to pick Richmond over Iowa. So and I'd be no, riding the hot hand that. with Tennessee – I'd be riding the hot hand with Virginia Tech, but then I'd be, wait a minute, all, the magic's going to run out for Iowa. So I would have a total contradiction of logic if I did that. So I got to have some sort of plan and stick with it. Do you know how many people have gone into brackets in March Madness with logic on their brains and come out looking like assholes? This is all random. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Iowa, I think Iowa is a sneaky five championship caliber team. I really do. They're not going do to. Do they have I like a star? Kansas. Who's who's their star? No, they don't really have a star, but Kansas. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. They, we're, we're, they have to run into on, Kansas. Let's go, Spiders. They have to run into Kansas, and Kansas is really good. Uh, I I had a hard time picking Wisconsin over Kansas in the Elite Eight, but I really think there's something behind this Wisconsin team. I also I, – I just love how I have three final – three Big Ten teams in the Final Four. Like, that wasn't even <laughs> planned. That's just – that's just my Big Ten biased brain just at work. I don't have any. I don't have them winning, of course, because the Big Ten never wins anything. But oh, dude, I don't know what to do with Kentucky because I'm having Michigan State's the only Big Ten team I have losing in the first round. I'm having such second thoughts on the thing about Ken- yeah. The thing about Kentucky is all year we've been saying when they get healthy, they're going to be the best team in the country. Well, they got healthy. And then they just weren't. They just stayed the same. So they they can they are another team that can win a championship. I think that 
I think there's realistically like seven or eight teams that can win a championship. Um, Kentucky's definitely one of them, though. So, but I, the thing is, I think Purdue is really good. Like they had that one-two punch in uh, Ed and Ivy. They look mm-hmm. so good at times. They got a good defense. Good, Dude, they have like a power forward who's a really good passer, number fifty, who kind of looks like a Caleb Swanigan. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't pay attention to the names in college basketball all that much, but I, I know who you're talking about. The Purdue is stacked. I really like Purdue. I do if too, they weren't they, playing Texas Tech, I would. If they around. weren't playing Texas Tech in the Final Four, I would have them playing in the championship game. Yeah, I. Oh man, Duke is just too talented for me to put Texas Tech above them. I would love it if Texas Tech won the national championship as the biggest middle finger ever to Chris Beard for going to Texas. I would be an enormous fan of that, actually. But and I would definitely prefer it over Duke. I don't necessarily want Coach K to go out on the high horse, but I I, I just can't because they they have a lot of guys. They got the. A lot of guys who I, whose Paolo. names I'm forgetting. Yeah, they got Paolo Banchero, who I'm honestly not tremendously thrilled with, at least not as an NBA prospect. I'm intrigued. I'm, I have my eye on him. Uh, I don't. I don't trust power forwards, man. I've given up on them. Um, I, I, he he looks like a receiver playing basketball. I, Dude, I he's six ten, two fifty. He is a moose. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'll tell you a team I like. And maybe, I don't know, because Gonzaga has a guy who's about to get drafted in the top three of the NFL, of the uh, NBA right. draft. That'd be really impressive if they had a guy getting drafted in the top impressive, three of yeah. the NFL draft. But Arkansas, I really like. Yeah. And I just I just don't know if I can put him up, against Gonzaga, up above Gonzaga in that Sweet 16 matchup. Right, they they got a bad draw. Arkansas got out bad. They Vermont's a good a bad thirteen seed team to play. They got to play UConn presumably in the next round, and then oh yeah, Sweet Sixteen, Gonzaga, best team in the country. Dude, I'm kind of sleeping on the Big East. If I'm being completely honest with you, I have, I've always sleeping I, on the Big East. I just had um, Providence advance because I put Richmond over Iowa. Um, which I know you're no fan of. I am going over next... losing in the round of 32. Well, I'll tell you this. Villanova, and I, I, I used to be a huge Jay Wright fan until I went and actually did research on him. Jay Uh-oh. Wright, he was a kind of a mediocre coach. Not, not nothing, nothing to write home about before the Big East fell apart. And then when the Big East <laughs> fell apart, in 2013, then all of a sudden he became one of the best coaches in the nation when all the good teams left, and then, and he he he's done a really really good job at becoming one of the top seeds in the tournament every single year. Right. But outside of the two years that they actually won the championship, which I can't take away from him, I I can't. Outside of those two years, they've had a lot of early exits. So he is two yeah. years that are pretty much saving a lot of years of disappointment. So yeah, I mean it's if a- you. If you if you want to follow suit, then you might want to have Villanova out early. Yeah, Villanova. His two championships. He, I'm I'm not like oh, this is gonna make me sound like Skip Bayless, like Ray Allen, save LeBron's legacy. But oh, by the way, we'll talk about Fox Sports talking heads here in a minute. Um, the one championship was on the greatest shot in college basketball history, arguably the greatest shot in college basketball history. 
Uh, do not question me on that because I do not fucking care enough to have that debate. Um, <laughs> and the other was in a we- pretty, pretty weak tournament field. They played Michigan, and Michigan was had no chance in that game. But I, 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 know, I know what you're saying because I also have them. I just don't – there's nothing special about them. Outside of Gillespie, who's also been there for 30 years, is mm-hmm. – there's nothing special about them. They're solid defensively. They they control the pace of the game is what they, that's their calling card. They always control the pace. But Ohio State's a team that can also control the pace. And I think that's just a bad matchup for Villanova. It's, again, like I don't I, – I hate – I hated putting Ohio State in the Elite Eight, but I think they just have a really easy path to the Elite Eight. Well, I have them. I I don't think that they're a very tough team. I think that they find ways to lose games, and when they don't, they find ways to make it close when they don't need to. I I have and I take no pride in this because I am exhausted of any sister gene mania that's going on. <laughs> but I so. I, I, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place because I have three options to come out of that little quadrant right there. I have Ohio State, Loyola, and Villanova. I'm not an Ohio State fan, and I also just don't think they're a very good team this year, and I think Chris Holtman's a very overrated coach. I'm exhausted of Sister Jean, and I think Villanova is a total flameout and those two years. Now, I, I used to say, well, John Calipari has one championship and Jay Wright has two. What does that tell you about Jay Wright? And then I actually went back and looked and I'm like, oh, those two no. years have covered up a lot of disappointment. So I, I don't I got I, I got no idea. I, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with Villanova making it to the Sweet 16. But then Tennessee, Rocky Top is going to have something for him. I am very confident in that. Tennessee is good. I do have Colorado State winning because that game was a coin flip to me. Literally, I flipped the coin. But – I do think Tennessee. That's they're becoming a trendy pick to make a run. They're, they they kind of sprinted through the last half of the year. They took down some good teams, kind of dominated that SEC tournament. They're a really good team. I just think Colorado State is severely underrated. Um, two more things before we get out of here. One, Chris Bryant signed oh, yeah. a seven-year, one hundred eighty-two million dollar contract with the Rockets. Um, first of all, I think he's massively underpaid. Secondly, I kind of respect this move because the Rockies are going to suck next year, but Chris Bryant could just go like add on to his legacy. Like that 2016 championship practically counts as 28 championships just because of the magnitude of beating the Cubs coming back from down three or uh, beating the Indians doing it. Yeah, with the Cubs, say, they didn't beat the Cubs. Coming back down three, one. No, certain the Cubs certainly did not lose that world series, but, um, I, he's oh he's only he's thirty wow yeah he can just go in Colorado slug a couple home runs go six hundred feet rack up the stats build that Hall of Fame resume live in Col- beautiful Colorado I you know what I did he probably watched the All Star game last year in Colorado I was like wow this stadium is beautiful yeah and uh, he probably took some batting practice before that All Star game and said you know what I like it here yeah you know what this is pretty good. A lot of people are saying Albert Pujols should spend his final year in Colorado just to guarantee that he gets his 700. Listen, now that the Universal DH is here, A-Rod, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, all he needs is four. What yeah, is so, dude, power? you need four. 
I, couldn't, you, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, after after uh, ruining his reputation in about 15 different fashions, he finally decides to have some integrity and say, you know what? I'm not worthy of the praise of getting 700 home runs. I'm going to retire. What? Coward. Coward. I hate the cowardly, oh, God. The cowardly punts formula just transitioned into baseball to make Alex Rodriguez the biggest coward in sports. There's only three people with 700 home runs, right? I got Ruth, Bonds, Aaron, Aaron, and Bonds. Yeah, that's all I got. I, dude, come on. Anyway. Six, 696. Dude, you know. You know. You can go dude. back into Major League Baseball right now, playing Colorado, and get Candy, four. Though? Can Can you go back after four? you appeared on a Hall of Fame ballot? Um, I don't know. Like, that was always like, what if, like, just out of the blue, somebody is like, Peyton Manning, come play quarterback for me. Would he be allowed to do that? I think – well, here, here's my predicament with that. Like, Jerry Jones is a Hall of Famer, and he's actively in the league, which – Yes. I, I, I don't you understand that. Exactly. I feel like there's got to be a Hall of Fame coach. I, I think Joe Gibbs was already a Hall of Fame coach before he came back, I think. I don't know, but... I mean, there's people playing that aren't in the Hall of Fame but are going to be in the Hall of Fame, but I wonder well, if, Deion like... Sanders did that. He um he took a few years. Now, I, I think it was only, like, three years. It wasn't a full five years, so I don't know if he ever appeared on the ballot. But uh, Deion Sanders did, in fact, like retire for a while and then come back and play like two years in Baltimore as a nickel cornerback. Yeah. I don't know. He retired in 2000 with Washington. Uh, and then the next three seasons he was retired and came back with Baltimore. So he wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame yet. Right. Because he needed to be five years removed. Well, Because Brady well, coming back only fucks him. And it's all a thing he has to wait for. <laughs> yeah. This uh yeah this whole Tom Brady returning thing is really messing with the uh, Hall of Fame. I respect it so much. I respect it so much. The Hall of Fame status. It's so that's so hey. funny. Oh oh wait a minute! I love this. I love this. You know what this means? What? Do you know what this means? No. This means Ben Roethlisberger is gonna be the face of his class. Mm. Uh-huh. Remember when everybody said, I'm so happy that Ben Roethlisberger's retirement just got completely overshadowed. His Hall of Fame status is back. What class He's is that? The face of his class. What class? Um, well, let's see. Was it the 2020 season or the, or the, this is the 2020. It, it'll be, it'll be 20, 20, it'll be 27, I think. Because they years are so stupid, we really fumbled the bag on making years easy. Yeah, because it, they they like they cross over into the twenty twenty two season and then they round up. So it's it's long. It's the way long. It's like it's five years and ten months instead of four years and ten months is basically what it is. Okay, this guy didn't really do much for me because two of these people on this list are no longer going to be eligible in twenty twenty seven. But Tom, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski were all on that list. Hmm. Who? Who retired? Yeah. 
Oh, I'm, I'm I'm looking to see if there's any like executives or somebody like, or you know like coaches or something like that. Man, have you seen this picture of Russell Wilson and his family in Denver? No. Um, Russell Wilson looks quite overweight, to be honest with you. Go to his Twitter account. Uh, it was tweeted an hour ago. It's a picture of him and his family. They're all in Broncos orange and stuff. And uh, Russell Wilson looks like that uh, That collar is a little bit undersized for his neck. <laughs> Uh, there are currently three eligible players for 2027. Uh, Eric Weddle, Andrew Whitworth, and Ben Roethlisberger. But let me look at Russell Wilson. And there will be one of them in the Hall of Fame. Whitworth might. Whitworth probably is going to make it. He only has like four Pro Bowls. Oh, you, the Pro Bowl means nothing. I know. You know who has a Pro Man. Bowl? Your starting quarterback. <laughs> My quarterback has Mentor an Ohio's finest. Yeah. What'd you say? I said my quarterback has an MVP. What are you talking about? What do you want? Mm. <laughs> my quarterback is giving him some slime. Yeah, he has, a, he has some slime time. I think that's in his Wikipedia page that he's the MVP. It's, it's something something to be honored. Uh-huh. I think that's the bad it's angle a, of Russell. Yeah, I... I, he just looked a little bit thick, to be honest with you. He's always been kind of a chubby guy. Yeah, a little, you know, bit, not a chubby, stocky. but kind of like, like, oh, he's got a couple pounds on him for an NFL quarterback, like that kind of chubby. What was that thing that you brought up when we were talking at the end of our March Madness talk? You brought up something that you were like got you fired up for a, ah, a brief it. second. Sorry, uh, Jack Peterson signed with the Giants, and there was a report that the Guardians were going heavy after him, and I really wanted Jack Peterson. What, that short say? porch in right field. Oh, Ooh, I said, baby. at the end of our March, at the end of our March Madness talk, there was something that you got really fired up about for a brief second. And said we're going to talk about this in a second. Oh, I just wanted to mention how all of Cleveland owns Colin Coward an apology because he was one hundred percent right about Baker Mayfield. Oh, dude, even if he was, please don't admit that. Like I, I will. So I like Coward. I like him. I think he's awesome. <sighs> I watch the herd every now and then. I mean, I, I used to freshman year of college, your sophomore year. I was like an FS1 fiend. I was we were on always FS1. watching all their shows on Twitter, and just I was I was like making making it was like an appointment television to me for, for me to watch some of their shows. I was all over FS1, and then you and I, little did we know, both hanging out with Nick Wright. Yeah, indirectly. The, uh, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, <laughs> they had a few guests there. AJ Hawk was there. Um, the uh, the leadership counselor was also there as a guest on the show. Um, yeah, him. <laughs> um, Leader of men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris Carter's. I'll never forget you telling the story of like you're like it was just on a random podcast back when we were in the old studio. It was, um, you're like, yeah, uh, when first things first came here, I was, I, uh, you know, I was sitting there behind, behind whoever, and I'm staring at you. I'm like, were you that motherfucker in the Steelers jersey? Cause I, uh, va- cause Lambert, I vaguely baby. remember you. I vaguely remember uh-huh. you talking to Joel Klatt. I'm like, in my head, I looked, I'm like, look at this asshole in a Lambert jersey. <laughs> yeah, I did a, 
I remember I was like, hey, Joel. And I like, he like turned around and gave him a peace sign. And so did Chris Carter. And like part of, I was never, ever going to say this. Part of me was like, hey, Chris, I didn't ask you for a picture, but I obviously was not going to do that. But for some I, reason, gonna, it was. I, I, I got to some... get something off my chest. Now, Joel Fred uh-huh. is a company guy. He's a company guy. You might remember, I believe it was 2017. I think Wisconsin went undefeated with playing absolutely was, nobody. Was that the year? Yeah, I was going to say, I vaguely remember you asking Joel Clatt a question about Wisconsin. Yes, because I asked him, I said, and this was off the record, this was while well, the cameras were off and people were just hanging out and people were just really just getting off the stage. And I kind of just went up to him and like maybe elbowed a few people out of the way to ask him this. I said, hey, yeah. is Wisconsin overrated this year? I says, Wisconsin overrated. He goes, uh, yeah, probably. And then kind of like laughed it off, but would never say that on camera because he's afraid to talk badly about college kids. Just even now when they're making a million dollars, he still won't say anything bad about college kids, especially not big 10 players because he's got to go call their games. But he admitted to me that Alex Hornibrook led a terrible, well, he didn't say terrible. He did an overrated Wisconsin team to the big 10 championship game. Uh, what was I going to say? He, I still contend that he is the pound for pound best sports analyst on TV. I still, like in terms of their sport, like you got Woj or Shams in the NBA, you got Schefter and Rappaport in the NFL. You got oh, those, wait, those, those are like, those are news breaking reporters. Those aren't color commentators. True. But I, I still think Clatt is pound for pound the best analyst and American sports TV. I also say that Um, just because we, I also say that just because me and him align, our thoughts align. So it's scary how much we think alike, like (laughs) all during college football season, I would like, like that Monday morning when I was waiting for him or that Wednesday when I was waiting for him to come on, because he would always go on coward. I would, I would always think like, what's he going to say this time? Because this is what I'm thinking. And he would just say the exact same thing I just said. So maybe that's why I like him a lot. I'm surprised that your uh, your favorite color commentator isn't Tony Romo because I know that it's just so much fun listening to him every single play talk about all the implications that this play could possibly have on the game. Oh, my gosh, Jim, the Bengals are going to win this one. Oh, my gosh, the Chiefs. You just know the Chiefs are going to win now. And just every single play, there's a new there's a new Super Bowl champion in a Week 16 game. You are the biggest hater I've ever met. <laughs> Dang it! I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have laughed at that because I should have just let that play and we could have cut it off and made that a clip. That's a. Uh, that's a. Uh, I, I, I honestly true. think you just hate everything. I thought I hated everything. I think you hate everything. I I do, I do. <laughs> I now, now I I I don't know if he's my favorite color commentator. I love his voice. I'm not sure because honestly. I, I, it's hard for me to sit here and say, well, this color commentator is smarter and better at breaking down plays than this guy. Uh, as far as breaking down plays, I guess I would have to say Chris Collinsworth, but I don't think that I, necessarily makes him the most enjoyable. I am a little upset that Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth aren't aren't going to be the Sunday night crew anymore. I thought they were a perfect Sunday night crew. Yeah, and it's going to be weird seeing Chris Collinsworth slide in and bump in shoulders with Mike Tarico. That's going to look weird. But yeah, it, my the 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 best voice. I know he's got like a soft-spoken voice, and it's 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 not just a typical broadcaster's voice. 
I love Gary Danielson. Yeah, I think he's pretty good, too. Uh, another one who I think is very good is Tony Dungy. I think he has a tremendous announcer's voice, a color commentator's voice. I mean, I, of course I loved him because he was – Him and Tariko did for a year. Yeah, him and Tariko did – I don't know if they do Notre Dame games, but they did a Notre Dame game a couple of year, couple of years ago. And I'm like, wow, I really like Tony Dungy. Uh, Tony Dungy did it for a year, then he got replaced by Drew Brees. Oh, brother. Yeah, I Drew Brees was all right. Tony Dungy yeah, was all right. The best, the best color commentator Notre Dame has had in my lifetime was Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock was awesome. I yeah, I do. I did like Mike Mayock on TV. I, he's, the only draft I, I analysts on TV I really like are Mayock and McShay. I don't really like much of the draft guys. Yeah, um, Mel Kuyper is. Yeah, yeah, he's he's more I mean, shit than anything this, at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is me saying this, so you know, take this for what it's worth because I, I this is hypocritical, but Mel Kuyper is just loud. So yeah, you know, again, I'm saying that, so take that for with a grain of salt. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, I just haven't gotten into partially right. because I'm just not a huge NFL Network watcher. But no, like, I'm not either. When, when ESP, when ESPN and the NFL Network did their combined draft coverage, I thought Daniel Jeremiah actually came off really well and it made me like him. But I just don't consume right. much of his stuff. Right, I, I didn't watch much of the draft last year out because we were at the draft. But no, it was the COVID yeah. draft. Oh, the COVID! I don't even remember. I honestly don't remember anything from the COVID draft. Um, Anything that other, Joe you know what, here's, were here's, bad. here's what I remembered. I remember how ridiculous it was that you couldn't have people on camera with you. And I remember Makai Becton's dad is the size of 12 houses put together. And it made, it yeah. makes me laugh every time I look at him. <laughs> yeah. Makai Becton, his, his dad should be nicknamed the neighborhood because he fills up all the houses. Um, I'm looking at him now. I, this dude's huge. I know. I had, I had a friend who does not watch football, at least as far as I know. But he apparently, I guess it was just nothing else on TV, which is fair. So he was tuning into the draft, and he texted all of us, and he said, okay, now who's going to draft Beckton's dad? And that was actually a really funny message coming from someone who does not care about football and <laughs> who had absolutely no clue who Makai Beckton was. It's also funny. It, man, their grocery bill must have been unfortunate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And now, now isn't he trying to angle his way out of New York? Beckton? Yeah, I, either that or they're just giving up on him. One way or another, I think there's some um, some uncertainty with his future in New York. He tore his ACL, I think, in week one last year, so he missed the entire year. There's well, talks sucks. about the Jets maybe trying to flip him. If, if they get one of the top tackles, which is looking likely because Aiden Hutchinson is now the a heavy betting favorite to go number one. And Malik Willis is now the betting favorite to go number two. Wow. To Detroit? To Detroit. And three would be um, Houston. I would assume they take an edge. And then four would be the Jets. So they would probably take Evan Neal or Akeem Ekwanu. I don't know if that's Man, how you say his name. God bless the team next year who gets to draft Will Anderson. <laughs> oh, good Lord. They're, that guy's a monster. <laughs> In the, the guy beside him, Dallas Turner, is really good, then. too. Oh, I got a question for you, and I can't believe I didn't think of this till just now. 
I, I posed this question to my friends, and I think no one answered it, despite the fact that I thought it was a really good question. The Texans and the Jaguars right now – no, right, hold on. Roger Goodell tells the Texans and the Jaguars to swap quarterbacks right now. Who says no? Jacksonville. Oh, you, you think uh, riding with Trevor Lawrence over Deshaun Watson? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because because even though Trevor Lawrence was that. really bad uh, last year, I mean the Jack Urban Meyer. It's hard to blame everything on a coach, but Urban Meyer just decimated his rookie year. There was he never <laughs> had a chance, and um, Trevor Lawrence is, still has like. John Elway, Peyton Manning type of intangibles coming in. Like, he still has those things. He just needs to – they need to build the team around him. Whereas the Texans, the Texans are, you know, you can, you're can you about to get a lot for Deshaun Watson, at least three first-round picks. But there's no guarantee that the next generational quarterback is going to be available with one of those picks. Or if a good quarterback at all is going to be available with one of those picks. So I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence and just – yeah, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than three – First round picks. All right. Let's just move down the draft order. Uh, Goodell tells the Texans and Jets to swap quarterbacks. Who says no? Texans. Uh, yeah. I I hate to Zach jump Wilson's all bad. over He's Zach really Wilson. bad. Like, I hate calling rookies bad, but Zach Wilson's really bad. <laughs> well, Trevor like, Lawrence I, is I, also terrible. Trevor but... Lawrence was terrible, but he showed flashes. Trevor – or. Uh, Zach Wilson showed nothing. <laughs> I, that one game against the Patriots where almost every pass he threw was seemingly an interception. Four first-half interceptions is so funny. Yeah, that's comically bad. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, I've, I don't have much else. I got, I got a Notre Dame basketball game to watch tonight, and if they win, I'm foolishly going to put them over Alabama. Let's see. I just want to see the line on that game real quick, and then I'll give a pick for that one. Because cause it's been flip-flopping because it's practically a pick em. Let's see. We got Wright State's kicking the shit out of Bryant. Holy Moses. Let's see. They just don't even have VODs up. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's what I like to see. I'm assuming Notre Dame's a minus one favorite. Uh, I will. I'll take that. We we got a lot of seniors on our team, so we got a lot of experience taking the court, which I think could help us in the tournament. But we only have one NBA player, and I think it's going to be I, – I can't swear to this stat, and it's also not guaranteed to be true. But Blake Wesley for Notre Dame is likely to be, I believe, Mike Bray's first NBA lottery draft pick. And he's been at Notre Dame for like hmm. two decades. So – yeah, Notre Dame doesn't very, really churn him out. I mean, shout out Luke Herring, yeah. but... Hey, he started for the Cavs at one point in time. Everyone started for the Cavs at one point in time. DeAndre Liggins, I think, uh, was a sure did. famous Cavalier. Dean Wade, Dean Wade. Not Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. although Dwayne Wade also. Um, Dwayne Wade certainly started. <laughs> they, they, the Cavaliers turned him out, man. They turn, they. Everybody's hey Shaq, longtime Cleveland legend. Mm-hmm. Right, they're getting their balls kicked in right now. They have not been playing pretty good. Oh wait, no, they're only down by five. Let's go. Against who? Seventy Sixers. 
The Cavs have been uh, in a little bit of a rut out of the, coming out of the All Star break. There, there's only like ten games left, so they're probably they're going to make the playoffs. But hey, that's what they get for participating in that skills challenge. It's like the home run derby. They're slumping. They, they they changed all of their skills playing in makes that challenge. Think. Yeah, Evan Mobley and all them shooting half court shots. No way. No way. They completely messed up their shot. I'll take that moment over any NBA Finals. Them winning the <laughs> the All-Star Skills Challenge. All right. Oh, we're going to bust out of here. We got a podcast coming up next week. We will reconvene talking about our brackets. I will hopefully, uh, if I'm smart, make a bunch of updates in my brackets and add more upsets. So we'll see how we do. Uh, we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And we will most definitely be talking about that bottom four region with Ohio mm-hmm. State, Loyal, and Villanova and recapping how that went because uh, I, there's going to be a lot of misery one way or another. And we're also going to complain about how much TV time Sister Jean gets. So, Oh, brother. I, I, hey, I'm a hater, but you're a hater too. And you know what? We'll I, can see see the... Go I can ahead. see it right now. Either Ohio State's going to blow them out or – Loyola is going to be like, they're going to be winning the whole game. Ohio State might cut it to a little bit of a, like a two-point lead with like four minutes left. And then Loyola is going to hit like a three or something with a minute left to put it with a, without a reach. And they're just going to show fucking Sister Jean high stepping right in my face. And I'm going to bop it. <laughs> hey, man. It can't be high stepping when they treat her like a statue and they're tying balloons to her wheelchair and crap. Aww. <laughs> all right she's gonna be on tv we're gonna be watching tv um i am tremendously excited for march madness because this has been a wild college basketball season so we don't even know what to expect whatsoever but we're all gonna enjoy it we hope you guys do too we'll be back with you guys next wednesday everybody take care peace